Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out TheRestingPlaceTampa.com. Wow, we know it's all about Jesus, amen. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Ken. I appreciate this man of God so much. Well, before anything else, greetings to everybody in the mighty name of Jesus. I just want to receive a prophetic word over you this morning for healing. And right at the end of the praise and worship, uh, God spoke to my heart, so I want to start with this. Do you remember the moment Jesus was crucified and uh, they offered to Him to drink this uh, painkiller, amen? And the Bible says, uh, it, it doesn't say in the Bible a painkiller, it was a mixture actually, of something which, you know, kills the pain. But the Bible says that when He, he approached this thing and realized his mouth and realize what it is he he, he refused to, to drink it now imagine you go to a dentist and you refuse the painkiller or surgery you know you don't want to go with that amen but Jesus did it on a purpose and do you know why because in his body God the Father was paying the price for our sicknesses, sufferings, pains, and, and everything. So if Jesus did it, He paid it all. Why don't you? Why don't you take advantage this moment of the package, the whole package? He He has presented to you. The Bible says, "By His stripes we are all healed." Amen. Father, thank you so much. And. You don't have to wait for the communion, but if it's not manifested till the communion, it will manifest during the communion time. Because one, once you taste these these elements, which are kind of a, like a bridge and a link representing everything Jesus paid and did for us, you are immediately partaking into victorious life, overcoming. You are partaking into light which overcomes darkness. And this abundant life is providing help, is providing victory, is providing everything which is required for life and godliness. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you so much for paying the price in the face of Jesus. I command every sickness and mostly pain in your body to live right now immediately. With the great exchange, Jesus came to give us life and peace and joy. Father, thank you that you have overcome the world. You have overcome every pain, every sickness in this world and being swallowed up. Now listen to this. In the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, Moses put a, like a, a serpent made of brass on a high pole. And... Uh, Everyone who was tormented by being bitten by a serpent and poisoned and ready to die, the Bible says if he goes to that place and just look to, 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 to the serpent which is on the pole, immediately receives healing and freedom and restoration. 
And it's a great picture, as you know, by the mouth of Jesus, of Jesus himself on the cross. Yeah. So listen, there is a shift like of your focus yeah. from what is taking place and killing you. You're focusing on what kills Jesus and why he, he is put on the cross for you. And as you know, you cannot put your focus and your eyes, your attention on two separate things at one and the same time. So you better remove your attention and your focus from what is taking place in you and put all your attention and faith on what has taken place in Christ on the cross. And I'm telling you, sickness, pain, whatever you are suffering has no legal right to continue to exist once you put your faith in Him. Amen? Father, we just release the power of the gospel, the power of the cross, and everything you pay in the face of Jesus. We put our expectation, our joy, our faith in what took place on the cross, and we declare our personal lives free from sin, free from sickness, free from pain, and free from struggle in the name of Jesus. Amen. Jesus said, the flesh profits nothing. The spirit is which gives life. And we declare that this spirit is giving life abundant. And sooner or later, what is working on the inside is going to manifest on the outside. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, God. Well, guys, it's been a great week for every one of us. But the best is yet to come. Because I really believe no matter what we experience and face during the week, this Sunday morning time is our, the pinnacle of our glory and celebration of what Christ has accomplished for us. This is actually the New Testament church mostly. Um, the gathering of the saints celebrating what God has accomplished and done for us. Amen. You, you see, even Israel in, in, in the Old Testament, during the whole year, they were appointed to celebrate from one, you know, shifting from one feast to the next one. Celebrating, gathering together and celebrating everything which was only what? A type and a shadow of what Jesus would do one day for us, the New Testament says. And we are in the reality today. Amen. It's not shifting. It's not fading away. Amen. So we are in the very reality of what Christ has accomplished for us. And we celebrate. That's the only response we can give Him. Celebrate and thank Him for everything He has done for us. <laughs> it is finished. Amen. What a declaration. Once it's finished, it is finished. What can we do? Just celebrate. Amen. Hey, praise God. I want to start with a scripture from the New Testament, from the book of Galatians. And this is going to be the, the, the introduction and the platform on which I'm going to share the gospel this morning with you guys. This, this teaching, this preaching, or whatever you, you call it, you know, I've never preached it before. It's new and fresh. It's a fresh and new revelation. And uh, I really believe... God, God has given me this revelation on a purpose because He loves you and He wants to impart something specific in you to lift you up, to strengthen everything He has already, you know, started with you. Amen. And ready to finish perfect and accomplish. 
So let us go to Galatians chapter 4. And uh, for the sake of our quick and easy understanding, I will read from the Passion Translation. I love the King James, you know, it's amazing, it's my number one pick always. But uh, here we need, uh, I mean, uh, for the sake of the time, you know, less explanation, okay? So listen to this. This is going to be from uh, verse 21. This is Paul talking. Actually, verse 28, excuse me. Dear friends, just like Isaac, we are now the true children who inherit the kingdom promises. And just as the son of the natural world at that time harassed the son born of the power of the Holy Spirit, so it is today. And what does the scripture tell us to do? Expel the slave mother with her son. The son of the slave woman will not be a true heir. For the true heir of the promises is the son of the free woman. It is now so obvious. We are not the children of the slave woman. We are the supernatural sons of the free woman, sons of grace. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah and Amen. Yes. Now according to Paul, now listen to this. Paul is the greatest New Testament theologian. And if he says something, it means he nails it. Okay? <laughs> Shut up. And now... Uh, Paul is telling us in the book of Galatians that we are like Isaac. Come on. Now listen, there's so many characters and personalities in the Old Testament. Like Joseph, Daniel, Samuel, David, so many. Of all of those, he is picking one personality in particular and one character. And he is comparing the New Testament believer, the child born of God, comparing us with this particular personality in the face of Isaac. That's very important. So, definitely, if we want to know more about ourselves, about our new life and existence, what it is all about, we need to study the life of Isaac. Yes. We need to get some more perspectives of the life of Isaac. Yeah. So the more we understand of Isaac, the more we will understand our freedom, the freedom of our new existence, yeah. all the rights we possess yeah. and privileges. Wow, right. And during the last week, first time as I told you, it's fresh and new even for me, God revealed several like amazing facts about the life of Isaac, which I want to share with you this morning, so you may see and perceive what is the power of your spiritual DNA, what is the characteristic. Amen. I'm so excited. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> now, when we talk about Isaac, this is just an introduction. 
you know, uh, he's so unique and he's so amazing. And uh, when we talk about Isaac, we talk mostly about expressing sonship. Amen. Love by the Father in such a way that even God the Father, you know, declared from heaven that bring to me and offer your only son, Isaac, whom you love. Even God knew the fond affection of love between Isaac and Abraham. And last night I went, you know, Rembrandt is a European artist, you know, and uh, I don't know you're familiar with his paintings, but uh, he, he, most of his paintings are very related to the Bible stories. And uh, last night, because I knew he, he has some, uh, uh, you know, uh, sketches of Isaac and Abraham, and went to see the one, it's amazing how Rembrandt represents the dignity and the majesty of Abraham, you know, with his turban and the way he's clothed, and Isaac, like a small boy, you know, and he is teaching, he is admonishing him something, and the expressions and everything, just beautiful. If you have time, just go and see it, it, it will bless you. It, it's amazing. But back to, to, to the talk, it's all about sonship. You understand? And when when we come to the New Testament believer, again, it is all about being sons and daughters of the living God. That's our main identity and main, uh, you know, whatever activity we are involved in, it is always based on the platform and comes from the platform of being sons and daughters and also heirs of everything the New Testament is giving us, you know, Paul is talking in the book of Galatians comparing uh, Sarah and, and, and Hagar with the Old Testament and the law and Sarah is the New Testament, the heavenly Jerusalem, the new sphere of life from which, you know, everything we uh, accepted. Whoo, praise God. So it is all about, when we talk about Isaac, it's all about sonship, it's all about being an heir. And um, I, I love that because uh, Abraham actually, for me personally, I, I still need to study that. It, it, I, like I told you, it's fresh. Abraham is a representator uh, of, of Israel because out of him the, the nation of Israel was born. Okay, then comes Isaac, you see. And Isaac, according to Paul and the New Testament, uh, is, is the dispensation and uh, is the personality of the church, the New Testament believers. Then comes Jacob, and I really believe Jacob is again Israel uh, revisited wow. and, and established through tribulation wow. during the time of the tribulation because, as you know, the life of Jacob faced a lot of challenges in those seven years, you know, very significant. But I don't have time to talk about this. I just want to tell you that Isaac is the point this morning and Isaac speaks about us. It's not Abraham, it's not Jacob, it is found in the face of Isaac. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Woo! All about sonship, all about being a son of his father. Everything was a gift from his father. Everything he possessed, ever possessed, everything he ever received was presented to him as a gift and as an inheritance of his father. And this is us. We don't work, we don't strive, 
we are just receiving it as heirs and co-heirs what has been paid and accomplished in the face of God and in the face of Jesus Christ and it is presented unto us, the New Testament believers, as a gift, as an inheritance. Amen? And the third thing which amazes me about Isaac, uh, before I, I present you this amazing fact, all his life actually, his life was a gift from God. And his life was a supernatural, supernatural expression of the power of God. As you know, he was miraculously born out of Abraham and Sarah when there was no human ability and power in them to produce. It means this guy, this child, was born out miraculously out of the supernatural power of God to reproduce something in our lives here on earth. And then he was offered as a sacrifice, almost, you know, by his father, because God commanded him. It's another story, long story. But, you know, again, his life was restored. So, for me, the life of Isaac, the very life he, he, he lives, is a gift from God. It's not even his own. And it reminds me of us. Because Paul says in the New Testament, you know, don't you know that you are not of yourself, like you, you, yeah. you are not your arms, you belong to God, you, yeah, right. you are His precious possession. The life you live is entirely uh, birthed out, you know, born out of Him and it's a gift and it's not even your arm, it's a supernatural gift of God, you know, presented in the face of the Holy Spirit. We are so blessed, you know, it's all for free and you are just invited to participate and enjoy. Amen. And the more you want, the more is available always, praise God. Yeah. So you see how unique, you see how special this guy is. So let me start now with these uh, four or maybe five amazing facts about the life and the personality of Isaac. In, in, in those facts we will find, as I told you, our spiritual identity revealed. Amen. So the first one, listen to this. The first one is... Because we compare in this story, we compare Isaac with Abraham and Jacob. We don't compare Isaac with Daniel, Joseph or some other people, okay? We compare Isaac with Abraham and Jacob because the Bible says, I am the God of Abraham, I am the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. Okay, so the first amazing fact is that Isaac never left the sphere of the promised land. Wow. He abided there wow. all of his life, never moved beyond the borders, never moved beyond the frontiers of this promised land. He stood there, he abided there, he occupied that, that place and never moved beyond wow. that border. Wow. Now let's talk about Abraham. Okay, you know Abraham was invited by God to come to the promised land. But at one point, he went down to Egypt. Amen. Okay, let's talk about Jacob. You know, Jacob was born in the promised land, but he moved further another place and went to his uncle or whatever, you know, Laban, 
and stood there and he had to return. Or if I can put it in that way, Abraham came to the promised land. Isaac stood there and remained there. Jacob returned to the promised land. So among those three, actually Isaac is the only one who abided there, never moved and never shifted to another sphere of existence. This is actually a picture of the New Testament believer. There is nothing else better than the place which we are planted in. There is no other sphere, no other place for us to go and receive greater blessing, greater joy or whatever. The place we are planted in and established is, is the promised land, spiritually talking about the personality of Jesus Christ, spiritual talking about rest, spiritual talking about the resting place which Father has of Jesus Christ because we are of Him and in Him. Amen. Praise God. Yes. Praise God. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. Yes. <laughs> Why I'm bold to declare that? Because you see, in the New Testament there are few places at least, you know, these few. One of them is Jesus talking to us. He says, abide in me. Remain in me. The one who is separated from my presence, from abiding with me, he is not able to produce fruitfulness or whatever. And, and if, if Jesus is our promised land, we are resting in Him and we are abiding and we are being supplied and supported and sustained by the true vine. And there is no other place, there is no other place in this universe, not just in this world, from which we can set out abundant life, joy, blessings and you name it. The Romans chapter 7, I love this verse, one of my favorite verses, you know. That we have died through the body of Christ, yeah. so we yeah. might be united, the New American Standard says, with another, the one who is resurrected from the dead. But as I told you, I love the King James Bible, and the King James says, to be married to another yeah. who yeah. is the resurrected from the dead. Yeah. You, you're not just united, because this morning, as you see, we're united. United, uh, you know, around the praise and worship, the gathering, our beliefs and things like that. But one o'clock, we will be dismissed and everyone will go to his own place, his own job and uh, interests and things like that. But to be married, one person will remain with me when I go out and this is my wife because we are married. We will get together in the car, we will travel together, eat together, joy together, whatever, you know. And you are married to another, it means you, there is no place, there is no situation, there is nothing you can face in this world which can make you to leave this abiding reality 
this union, mystical union and marriage with your Savior, who is the heavenly bridegroom. Amazing. Just, just amazing. So we remain and we stay just like Isaac who stood in heaven. Do you remember there was a challenge? There was a challenge of famine spread all over the land. Actually, people were dying from this famine. There is no food. How, how long you can you know, endure without food? 40 days, 45 days, I don't know. Never been there though. Especially in the United States, very difficult to tell. But, but there was famine and God warned Isaac and he spoke to him. That's the word of God. They had fellowship. And God spoke to Isaac and he said, Remain in this land. Stay here. I will bless you here. Don't go to Egypt. Don't go down to Egypt. And, and every time, you know, we face challenges from time to time. And the enemy actually, the enemy is trying to deceive the believers as Paul says in the book of Corinthians that he is concerned that the serpent will beguile us or just deceive us the way the serpent deceived Eve. So what, what was the deception all about? The deception was, oh, the place you are position, the place you are rooted in right now, you don't have completeness and sufficiency. Something is lacking. You need to, to, to move further, to proceed further, or just to, just to replace you know, your, 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 your present position with a better place. If you eat from the, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will become like that. You will uh, receive and obtain knowledge which you, at the present moment, you lack. Let me tell you and warn you, the world's knowledge, the world's wisdom is futile, the world's joy, the world's pleasure, whatever the world is offering to you, you know, if you don't find it in the present situation, you know, of your life, in the present platform you are stepping in, just remain there and let God be your source. And sooner or later, the scripture says, He is my shepherd, I don't lack. Because the Hebrew language has no shell, like no future tense. The, 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 the Old Testament, it, it's kind of weird, I don't know, you can grasp that. But the Old Testament is written in the present tense. Everything is right at the present moment because the author is the great I am, not I will. <laughs> that makes it different. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. So, you see, we need to abide and stay in the true line, the promised land, in the personality of Jesus and He's our source. And as you know, Isaac was blessed. The same year, he was able, by the supernatural power of God, to, to, to harvest like hundredfold. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Okay? Yes. Okay, let's proceed further. Amen, Lord. Number two. Amazing fact. Number two about Isaac. Now listen to this. His name was never changed. His name was never changed. Let's talk about Abraham. Once before to, 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 
I don't know, to come to the promised land maybe, I don't know what was the time frame, but his former name was Abram. And God visited this person, spoke with him, changed his personality, his identity, things like that. And finally, he gave him this amazing name, you know, and he changed his, his personality from Abram to Abraham. Let's talk about Jacob. You know, Jacob also, Jacob's name, name also was changed. And at one point, you know, after his encounter with God and this, this deep fellowship and struggling between the angel that night, you know, he was crossing the brook and finally he received that heavenly identity from above. His, his, his personality marked by struggles and all kinds of efforts and things like that was changed and he became uh, from a victim, he became a victor because for a long time he was victimized by labor, you know, circumstances, things like that and God changed that and he gave him a new name and he named him Israel which is a mighty prince, you know, victor and overcoming and things like that. But with Isaac, hey, with Isaac we don't see that. With Isaac we see that his name was not changed and if I can say, I can of course, but do you know why? Because this name, this identity was born from above and was God given. Since the very beginning, since the dawn of his birth and of his existence actually, he was born into that identity. What he stepped in and you know that name which was given to him came from God, God's mouth pronounced it and, and brought it into existence even before he was, he, he was born. And it speaks about us because like you know every one of us has inherited a heavenly spiritual identity and not just inheriting but actually we were born in it. We came into existence into this heavenly identity of which the gospel speaks. And let me tell you, it never changes. Come on. Never ever changes. No matter what, how you feel, you know, sometimes and what, you know, feelings, emotions, and what your natural mind is telling you, people will put labels on you, all kind of things, you know. This doesn't affect and doesn't change and cannot diminish the power of your heavenly identity. Never ever. He was born as Isaac. He remained Isaac all of his life. And he died like Isaac. And let me tell you, when you are born out, born again, excuse me. When you are born again, born from above, actually immediately you receive an identity of a blessed person. Of a blessed man. You receive an identity of one who is healed by Jesus' stripes. You receive, you receive righteousness imputed and you are named righteous no matter how you feel. Okay? So all these things, you know, these, these, these spiritual DNAs, they, they remain in you, they remain with you and you even die like that. I mean, healed, blessed, prosperous, righteous, accepted, accepted in the beloved. Nothing can change that. Whatever the gospel says about you, because 
You see, we, we, we are receiving our identity from where? From the source of what the gospel says about us. But don't forget that you are also born out. You're born and you came into existence. Your, your spiritual identity came into existence by the power of the same gospel. So what, what, what the gospel has proclaimed over you remains and stays forever. Listen to what Peter is telling us in the New Testament. Uh, this is uh, 1 Peter 1.23 For through the eternal and living word of God you have been born again. And this seed that he planted within you can never be destroyed but will live and grow inside of you forever. will remain and grow forever and ever. I mean, whatever am I today, righteous, holy, accepted in the beloved, blessed, will remain forever. It's not going to change. You know? This body will change, the Bible says. But my heart, my new heart, my spiritual identity will not suffer any, any change. You know? going to be revealed fully. Because the Bible says the whole creation is eagerly waiting for the revealing of the sons and daughters of God. To reveal what they actually truly are. Praise God. Listen, listen Peter. Human beings are frail and temporary like grass and the glory of man fleeting like blossoms of the field. The grass dries and withers and the flowers fall off, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Now listen to this. And this is the word that was announced to you. Come on. You see, Paul is talking again and again, you know, telling us that we are born out of the gospel. Galatians, we receive the, the spirit, we receive the blessing, we receive our spiritual identity by believing the gospel. And this gospel is eternal. It's glorious. It gives you eternal glorious identity. Praise God. Remain in it. Remain. You know, nobody can change your name. They can name you, you know, with stupid things. But actually that, that would never be your legal, legitimate, true identity. Once you go to the DMV, they don't care. Are you skinny? Are you fat? Whatever. They are looking into your, you know, files and records and that's the way they are calling you according to what is written, wow. if I can say, in the book of life. Whoa. Yeah, don't listen to the enemy. God has proclaimed you in the gospel, healed, blessed, victorious, everlasting, accepted. Thank you, Lord. Isn't that awesome? Think about this man, Isaac. It's about you. Yeah, we need to study his life and see more and more and, and, and just be established in the truth of the, the gospel in the New Testament. Praise God. Now, last night God revealed something. He added something actually about the, the, this identity we have. It's so powerful. 
I'm nobody. I'm so grateful to God, you know, the spirit of revelation he gave me as a gift. This is amazing. Now, now, now listen to me. What does the name Isaac mean? Actually, you know, haha, <laughs> okay. Uh, it means he laughs. Literally. He, he, he laughs. What does it mean, he laughs? It means he expresses joy. You know, some people say, I have joy. Of course I have joy. The Bible says I have joy. Oh, start expressing it then. Okay? Because it's appointed to be expressed. If it is joy, it is appointed to manifest and be expressed. Well, I don't want to offend anybody. I've been dead and uh, you know, by myself. But, but listen, he laughs. Now, this is the interesting thing though. The first people, the law of the first mention, okay? The first people in the Bible who ever laughed were Abraham and Sarah. These are the first one marked by joy and laughter. The, the, the progenitors, the, 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 you know, those who started the, 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 the nation of Israel were famous of joy. Okay? And, and, and laughing. And as you know, it wasn't their own laughter, it was a result which came as a, uh, a result of what God was telling them, you know, and speaking to them. Actually, it is joy because they were freaking out. First Abraham, then Sarah, they just just freaking out because of what God was telling them about their future. Ooh, your future is glorious and joyful. Your future is not gloom and gloom. Amen. Still the same principle. So these are the first, the first personalities in the Bible who, who are marked by joy and laughter. And then comes Isaac as a result of the union. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. And Isaac, as I told you, means he laughs. Now, it means it is his spiritual or whatever identity. Amen. Now listen to me. This is important. Now, Paul in the New Testament and the author, which is Moses in the Old Testament, are telling us that at one point, you know, Abraham had two sons. One of them was born uh, of the slave woman, Ishmael. The second one is Isaac, born of the free woman. Okay, these are prototypes, types of showers, things like that. Now listen to this. At one point, the Bible says that Ishmael also laughed. Yeah, actually he laughed. Listen what happened. When Ishmael laughed, he was driven out by Sarah with his mother away from the house of her son, passed out, just driven out, and this laughter costed him, you know, his home, his abiding with his parents, whatever. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. When, when Isaac laughs, it's okay, because it is his God-given identity, true identity. And it's okay for him to laugh, because he is actually not just laughing, but expressing his spiritual identity. When Ishmael starts laughing, we have the manifestation, but it's not covered by identity. So immediately, that's not right in the eyes of 
the, the, the masters of the house, even God's eyes, because according to the New Testament theology, we see again, you know, the similarities between Ishmael and the law and the, the slaves and, and Isaac and the free ones, which are we. So, my point is this. We can freely express everything the gospel says about you, about us, because it is our true, genuine spiritual identity. But listen to this. But once someone from the world who is not born again, he is still under slavery of sin, you know, and darkness and the enemy born in sin, starts imitating it and trying to express it, it's not going to work. Wow. It's not that. Do you remember the story of Pharaoh and his armies pursuing, you know, chasing Israel? Now the Bible says that God separated the Red Sea. It's open. Amen. It is open, wide open. So Israel entered into this, you know, path supernaturally open for them to cross by God. And they were crossing on dry land. But the Bible says once Pharaoh and his armies tried the same, you know, they, they drowned. They, it was just the waters returned and swallowed them up. Well, what is that trying to tell us? That it belongs to us because it is our identity. Because we are the redeemed ones. And once Pharaoh and the old man is trying to chase you and to imitate or be involved in that, it's not going to work, you know, because the old man has to die and be crucified in Christ Jesus and be done deal. He's not involved in the story. He's not involved in the promotion of God. Amen. He's not qualified for that. Thank you, Lord. You see, we can freely express our, I mean, spiritual identity and everything God has marked us with the power of the gospel. And if you want to participate and become as one of us, you need to be circumcised. You need, you know, just to be born again. You need to receive your own personal identity given by God from above. It's not positional, it's not institutional, it's not partaking into community of the church and all kind of things. You need to be born again. Then God gives you the, 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 the legitimate right to express everything, you know, found in Himself. Because His glory is given to us. His joy, the Bible says. And the joy you have given me, I want, Jesus says, this joy to be found full in them. Wow! Free! Free invitation, free access. Oh, that's so good. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Let's proceed further, guys. Fact number three. Uh -huh. Are you eager to know? <laughs> Me too. Okay. Compared to the others, Abraham and Jacob, something unique about Isaac, he had only one wife. One wife. I make fun with that because sometimes your phone is giving you like uh, three, four, five, you know, Wi-Fi, uh, uh, you know, and options, and you switch, but actually with that doesn't work like that. You are qualified only for one. Amen.
Because some people, you know, sometimes they, they like to use two three, which is not enough. That used to be not anymore. Isaac. Isaac. Only one. Only one. And I was like, wow, that's that's powerful. You see, Abraham somehow, I don't know, once he deceived by something or you know, just uh, Sarah was the reason for that. That's not our point this morning. But he, he, he went to, to Hagar and had a relationship, had his son, which actually brought out and created a lot of troubles. Then Jacob, he was victimized. He was a victim, you know. He was deceived by Laban. So there was no choice for him. Poor, poor Jacob, you know. There was no, because he loved Rachel. So he had, you know, Laban gave him Leah first. Then he had to work for Rachel because his heart was in love with Rachel. So he finished down, you know, with, with two. And that brought a lot of quarrels and struggles in the family. But with Isaac, what does the Bible say about Isaac? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All his life he was frolicking with, 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 with Rebecca. Yeah. And it was sufficient, it was joy, no struggles, no quarrels, no, nothing like that, you know. And he finished it. He finished his journey, the, the journey of his life, like a, because as you know, when when Sarah died, you know, later days Abraham married to another woman, and he had even children, sons, I don't know daughters, but these sons from her. So, but Isaac, you know, when 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 Rebecca died, he remained, you know, alone. Wow, and I was like, wow, what, what a great example for us. I mean, now listen, there is a spiritual explanation of, of that. But usually, um, okay, let me start with that. Why he didn't change that? Because he really believed that God didn't give him a lemon in the face of Rebecca. Because as you know, Rebecca was God's given, God provided, you know, God presented this woman to him, okay? And at one point, he sees that she doesn't bear children. She was childless, okay? And, and instead of just, do you remember when Leah had no children? Or oh, not, not Leah, excuse me, that was uh, uh, Rachel, right? Rachel, yeah between Rebecca and Rachel this morning. So, uh, uh, she said to, to Jacob, give me children, otherwise I die. And Jacob was, oh, really? Am I the person who gave you children? Has the Lord who has prevented your womb from bearing children? And uh, that was not a good attitude. Compare with, with the story of Isaac. Okay? When, when, when Rebecca was like, you know, something is wrong with me, I cannot conceive, and things like that. You know what Isaac did? He went to the Lord and prayed, because he had faith that God had not given him a lemon. He knew that this woman is appointed to bring children, remembering the promise which was released over his father and over him, that all the, the, the descendants will be like the stars of heaven. And he knew that there is God's plan, God's power and intention behind this situation which had to be manifested through 
no breakthrough. He went straight to the Lord. Boom! The answer came. Yeah. So this is my point. This is my. Let, let us say that uh, 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 Rebecca, or, or the woman of uh, the, the, the wife of uh, Isaac, is like a source. Okay, and, and we have different sources sometimes in this world. Uh, you know, we are related to. Uh, might be a job. Might be a family, might be a nationality, or, or whatever. And sometimes we face challenges uh, with these sources. We are in relation, okay? We, we, they don't bear fruit at the beginning, and we we, we go like, I don't like it. Uh, you know, I want to change that. And usually, we are ready to exchange. You know, yeah. ready to, to to shift in into another place. Let's let's say it might be the church also, because some people they constantly shifting from church to church. Yeah. You know, they come to a church. They go, ah, this is not bringing my expectations. You know, they go to another and constantly in a shift. Yeah. Or let's talk about your job. You go and your boss is not doing very polite good with you, you don't like the way he treats you, instead of praying to God and blessing him as the Bible says, you just go and you shift from job to job and you never find the right one. Or some places constantly, uh, excuse me, some people constantly uh, changing their cities and their states, uh, you know, they leave, they don't like the, this situation here. Now, I'm not blaming, of course you are free to do it, you know, but first of all, we are required to follow the steps and the pattern of Isaac. First of all, we need, we need to believe that the place I am in the present moment is the right place and God's going to bless me with this job, with this church, in this place, and to pray and ex expand our expectations. You know, people go, I'm born in the wrong family, in the wrong country, in the wrong side of the town. But you see, sometimes it's more important to change the way we look and perceive over the situation we are in, instead of changing the situation. It's, sometimes it's all about our perspectives, and our focus, and our spiritual lenses. And if we can receive from the Lord what He has in power to apply over our situation, God can bless you. God can give you increase. God can just work it out right in the place where you face a challenge. My point is this. Don't allow the enemy to steal your confidence, your joy, the sweetness of your life and delight you are experiencing with your wifey. <laughs> Your source. Your source. Because, now listen, Isaac remained happy. Isaac remained blessed. Isaac remained not bitter, but, but delightful and sweet in his spirit. Although, at that point, they had no children. At that time, it was a big issue. And yet, he overcame. You see, that's us. We have only one source, the true vine. Out of him, he is not good for us, says David. You know, Peter says to Jesus, where we can go, only with you, only here with you, 
dear are words of life upon them. And you see, no matter what the world will give you sometimes, like an opportunity, first ask the Lord for permission. Ask, is this the right one? Is that okay? Isaac knew that Rebecca is the right one. No matter what he faced, he knew that God gave his wife to, to the servant of Abraham and he brought it to him and it was a present, even his wife was a present from God. And he believed that what God has given him will, will, will provide and will flourish and blossom. And that, that's us. Whatever comes from God, no matter how it looks at the beginning, let me, it will thrive and blossom and we will produce more fruit, fruit because what is born of God, what, what is born of God overcomes the world. A marriage which is born of God overcomes the world. Ooh, a faith which is born of God overcomes the world. A destiny which is born of God overcomes the world. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay. And the last thing, which is, uh, for me, specific, it's not an amazing fact like the others, but last night I saw that. I don't want to skip that because uh, it's amazing. Because I want you to identify with Isaac. And I want you, your expectation to be stirred up for greater things. In every area of your life, okay? Now listen. The lifespan of Isaac, the, the, the life length of Isaac, compared to that one of Abraham and Jacob, was the longest. Wow. I didn't know it too. It's the Lord. Now let me explain. Listen to these guys. That's very powerful and amazing actually. Very powerful. It's gonna bless you. Now, let's talk about Abraham. If you read your Bible, it speaks, last night I read it, not for first time though, just to be sure what I'm talking to you uh, is true. Abraham died, the Bible says, as a right man, very old, satisfied with age. It means there was no more desire in him, with him, to live and prolong his life longer. He was fully satisfied with his life. And the Bible says, and God has blessed him in everything. He fulfilled every area of his life, you know, was blessed from God. And it was like the pinnacle of what man can accomplish in his physical existence. And he died at the age of 175. At the, which means that's the standard. 175 is the age which is the greatest blessing and accomplishing in your human body. Like what every expectation met and answered, you are right, satisfied, you are ready to fall off from the tree. Like an apple, you know, for the right. But Isaac lived 180 years. Five years more and above the age of his father Abraham. And I was like, wait a minute, we are the Isaacs, amen? So it means whatever is accomplished in God, in Jesus Christ, the Bible says even greater, even greater 
you will do and you shall do. And I was like, wow, five actually speaks about grace. Amen. So through the grace of God, found in the face of Jesus Christ, we are qualified and we are uh, 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 empowered to accomplish even beyond what we have seen. Because I has not seen, he has not heard, and never came to man's heart what God has prepared for those who love him. Actually, you are compared by Paul with Isaac and not with Jacob. Don't go there because usually we preach about, you know, they are great examples. No, don't exchange your Isaac for identity or anything else. No one matches it. Yeah, praise God. Now let's talk about Jacob. Jacob lived by his own mouth, you know, less than both. And uh, it is uh, 147. 147. And he goes like, uh, before Pharaoh, he declares that the life length was shorter and full of struggle and, and all kind of troubles. Okay? And uh, for me, counted the, 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 the difference, you know, the, the rest of the years, if you subtract uh, uh, from, from, from Isaac's age 180 and 147, uh, 33 years difference. 33 years. And I was like, because. Wow, so intoxicating. Now listen, I told you in the beginning, Jacob speaks about Israel. Abraham, uh, no, sorry. Abraham speaks about Israel, Isaac about the church. Jacob speaks about Israel when returns to the land and during the tribulation. Now listen, what's the difference? 33 years. What's the difference between the Gentiles and, and, and Israel in the natural circumcision, in the natural birth? It is 33 years is the life of Jesus presented and given. What makes difference is what is presented in the face of Jesus. We are privileged and we have all these blessings only because of what Jesus paid for us and has given us. We were not qualified. We were without promises, without everything. You see how blessed we are to be the Isaac by what Jesus has done and presented to us. Of course, Israel is blessed. Of course, Israel is the chosen one. Of course, uh, Israel, the future and everything belongs to this nation. But I'm just declaring the privilege we have in the face of Jesus to be drafted in. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for everyone present in this room, in the name of Jesus, to boldly to step and embrace his spiritual new identity in the face of Isaac. Let every characteristic, let every particular flavor of blessing found in the life of Isaac to be grasped, comprehended, embraced, and applied in every area of our lives. We will live long, we will live prosperous, we will live happy and blessed and accepted in the beloved. This is you. Isaac is you and Isaac is me in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Thank you so much. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out theRestingPlaceTampa.com.